Hello and welcome to the AK Podcast. This is episode one. And uh, I have a, a pretty uh, great conversation ahead uh, with Rebecca Higgs. So Rebecca Higgs is DIY mom. You can check out her website, DIYmom.ca. And you can check out her Instagram at DIYmom.ca. And I was really pumped that she agreed to come on the podcast for episode one because we talked about the whole story of building her TV show, DIY Mom, which you can find on Bell. 5 TV. If you go to Bell 5 TV and go into the on-demand section, you can find previous episodes of her show and she's getting ready to launch season five. And you can also go to YouTube and check out DIY Mom for uh, previous episodes of the show as well. So we got into a, a wide range of topics uh, from starting the TV show itself, a little bit about psychology and managing people because not only does she manage uh, a, you know a TV show, but She's actually doing real renovations in the show and managing contractors and people she's collaborating with. So we get into how to manage different types of personalities, different types of people, and also just building a business and uh, uh, you know various other things we touch on over the course of about an hour. So I really hope you guys enjoy this conversation. This is episode one, so I'm just sort of um, uh, you know getting started as a podcast host. So I really hope to. Uh, you know, by the end of this year, have quite a bit of experience interviewing people. But I think it was actually a great conversation. Uh, and, and I think that's really attributed to Rebecca because she really carries this conversation. So anyway, uh, without further ado, I will dive into episode one and uh, look forward to sharing this conversation with you that I had with Rebecca Higgs. Here we go. Welcome to episode one. This is actually episode one. So uh, thank you for being my first victim, I, I guess you could say. Uh, <laughs> so I guess to start, I just wanted to ask you about your journey of actually starting DIY Mom. Like, how did the show actually start? Was it just an idea that you had and, and you pitched it to, to Belle? Um, is it something that you were thinking about for a long time before you started it? Like, from the moment you, you thought about doing it to where it is now heading into season five. Like how, how did it, how did that all happen right from the beginning? Well, I remember I was working at egg studios as an associate producer and having a conversation with Mike Hatchie about branded content and, you know, what would my branded content be? So I started to create little videos, um, on my iPhone while my daughter was napping and uploading those to YouTube. And, um, after Ag Films closed, I started working at the Atlantic Film Festival um, in the marketing department. And the guy that I was under in the marketing department wanted none of my ideas. He didn't care if he just wanted me to be there and sit at my desk from nine to five. And I kept coming up with all these ideas that he kept turning away. And like me, I'm a goal-driven sort of achiever type. So sitting at a desk all day and just being paid to sit there isn't really um, very... Um, appealing to me. So I started to take the time while I was at the desk to create this pitch deck for DIY Mom. And I built a website and I applied to the Women in Film and Television pitch um, pitch opportunity. And, uh, and literally he said, I could do whatever I want as long as I was sitting at the desk. So I just kept working out the details of what DIY Mom, my TV show would be. And then I got up in front of the Women in Film and Television um, pitch conference with my daughter. She was a year and a half on my hip and did this little quick DIY demonstration and then talked about what DIY mom would be as a TV show. And in my mind, I, I wanted to do an HGTV style show meets YouTube. So it's like tutorials and instructional stuff that people can copy and follow at home. And you get the beautiful before and afters, but maybe less of the drama and stuff that seems to take up a lot of the time on, on those TV shows. So more instructional and more things that people could actually apply at home. Um, so I did the pitch. I didn't win the pitch, but from the pitch, a lot of people over the years have said to me, I remember being in the room seven years ago when you did that pitch. And, I, and I've seen thousands of pitches since and I've never forgot that pitch so you know that was encouraging and and I uh, you know my videos and my social media presence I was getting more and more uh, exposure and work and I just kept kind of thinking of creative ways to reach out to brands um, local brands local building companies um, you know rock suppliers wood suppliers and to 
pitch this idea of creating content for them in exchange for materials. And so in that way, I was able to um, improve my house and, and do renovations around my house that would cost me a little less money or I'd be able to do it on donated materials and, you know, build put the money back into my own personal equity in terms of like the house becoming more valuable. So really building up that kind of equity in my, in my own personal home. And, um, I had been approached by another TV company called eyes, uh, a, a, that was doing, um, assisted media, um, TV show for the blind and it was called eyes for the job. And they were looking for a host to partner with the, the blind carpenter, Chris, and to do projects with him. So I did one season of that show. Um, that show was an, a unique experience and it was great to be working and to um, um, get more experience on camera and to work with the crew and everything but they didn't want my creative input in terms of projects and designs so again I was like oh another like I have all these ideas I have all these creative instincts I have all these great ideas and and it wasn't feeling authentic and genuine to me and my spirit to do a TV show that didn't want any of my ideas. Um, so I only did one season of that. And during the filming of that season, Belle reached out to me about doing my own TV show, DIY Mom. So at that point, I was really able to take everything that I learned from working at Egg, from working in marketing, and um, from the being a, a host on Eyes for the Job and take everything that, uh, you know, all the life um, education I had as well and put it into my own TV show with my own style and my own crew and develop and produce it and, and really, you know, make the whole project, uh, my, my own baby. So yeah, that's how DIY mom came about. That, that's really cool. And there's, there's actually quite a few things that you said there that really stick out to me. One is, um, you didn't really take no for an answer. Like if, if, if one person didn't want to fund you or didn't want to pick it up, you kept going. Another thing is just the creativity because a lot of people think of creativity as just making art and making music and things like that. But you were able to figure out, okay, if I can partner with um, these different people that we can come up with some sort of relationship, whether it's getting materials for promotion or doing things like that, that's creativity too. It, it has a lot to do with connecting dots and it seems like you had all these dots and all these things that are up in the air and you sort of connected all of them, whether it's getting the materials from one place, um, getting some exposure on social media, on YouTube, and you sort of brought it all together. And then it sounds like Belle noticed that and wanted to to work with you after you. And the, and it's funny because in a, in a sense, it was all DIY from the beginning because if one person says no, then you sort of went to online and did it yourself and built your own brand yourself. So is that something that is still part of the show? Like you're still, obviously you're doing the renovations DIY, but then you're also, you're also still kind of continuing to build your brand online in addition to the show? Yeah, I, I really truly believe that I am DIY in every sense of the word. Like I'm doing it myself in terms of production. I hire everybody. I sit through the editing process. I mean, in the original seasons, I edited some of the episodes too. So I spent hours and hours in front of a screen watching myself on camera, which is, you know, one of the most valuable um, life lessons you can get too, to see yourself on camera, to see how you're interacting with, with the camera, with the projects and what works and doesn't work. Doesn't work. That was invaluable information on top of, you know, being a do-it-yourself mom. Like I am a single mom. I have been raising my daughter on my own. And, and then also with the DIY projects being something that I'm able to do myself, accomplish myself and encourage other people that they can do it themselves too. So yeah, I, I think that I do have a lot of grit, I guess, in a way where I don't take no for an answer and I am very determined. And if I, have an idea which I truly believe is a really good idea, I will push for that and follow through on that. You know, the amount of people that told me that DIY mom was not a good idea, that there's a lot of DIY moms out there, what makes you different or more interesting than other women who are doing it themselves? Um, the amount of times like that, that kind of opinion came across me that it could really, you know, uh, knock you down a peg and make you feel like you don't want to do that or maybe there's something else you should do but maybe it's my disposition I'm a bit more of a rose-colored glasses person so um, I'm able to pick myself up from the bootstraps and keep going and keep pursuing and and pushing forward and um, 
you know, that really served me in a way that I was able to create my, my own niche of a TV show, the, the way that I've, um, that I structure it to make it affordable for me to do the TV show, to make it affordable for me to renovate houses and to, um, to, you know, make my, myself more successful in this very independent step-by-step sort of way, um, that, you, I like it. It has been a bit unique to my style of the way that I've done the TV show. But now people are, are kind of catching on to it and like and using my model as uh, the way for them to build their own models for their network TV shows. For sure. And you know, having watched uh, some of the show, it, it really comes across that you're in it. Like you're you're producing the show. Um, you're involved in the production, but you're actually do you actually are doing the renovations too, and it really comes across. And at times, it it feels really high stakes because the stakes are high when you're doing it because you're spending a lot of money on the renovations. And uh, if you and I were to go and make a TV show and it's fictional or reality TV, we can we can redo uh, a take or two. But if you're tearing down a wall, like you're tearing you're actually tearing it down, right? So yeah, uh, how is that how has that journey been like? The fact that when you're making the show, it's like it's actually real money that's being spent. Um, you actually are tearing stuff down and putting it back together. Has, has has that been kind of stressful at all at times? Yeah, I you know it has been high stakes in the in the way that I literally go from you know having money in the bank that I'm going to spend on a renovation, watching that money dwindle down to nothing, and then being at zero or being like digging into my my credit lines or you know my bank loans to finish off the renovation, finish off the TV show and sort of creep my way back up to having money back in the bank account so that I can do it all again. So I guess my appetite for risk might be a little bit higher than the average person because, I, you know, this lifestyle may not be for everyone, but if you're an entrepreneur, you're kind of used to this sort of like having money in the bank one day and then going back to zero because you've invested it all into your business and then slowly watching it creep back up. And, um, and for me, that's just been a more f- fulfilling career path than to be employed and sitting at a desk and getting a paycheck, you know, week by week. Um, so, you know, I'm able to live a little bit um, more in that risk, um, risky sort of uh, um window of life like I, I I have I I've been doing it and and it doesn't bother me um there's sometimes where I am definitely very stressed out about the money and you can see that on camera <laughs> and then there's other times where I'm having a good time and a laugh and everybody else that's working with me is also having a good time and 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 you know the money's not like the thing that's at, at in the forefront of my mind so um yeah, I think it's a disposition type of thing that just made made this career kind of, you know, like a, the sweet spot for me. Yeah, and I think that really comes across in the show. And that, that's one of the things that makes it entertaining is that it is a lot of fun and there's joking. And then at times it's serious because it's like, OK, um, we just we just put down the floor and then now we have to tear it up again and redo it. And like that's actually real in real life. Right. So I think that's one of the things that makes the show really fun to watch is that uh, it, it has that um, kind of combination of fun and also high stakes. Uh, so, I mean, I think, and actually too, like back to the entrepreneurial side, I've been there too because I started my company six years ago. I, I invested a bunch of money in gear, camera gear and audio gear, not knowing if it was going to work out. And I think some people just have a stomach for that. Uh, yeah. And I think you and I probably both do. And it maybe it's something that people are just born with, but... Um, yeah, that's, that's definitely, uh, that's definitely a big side of it. So, so looking at all the projects you've done now, is there, is there one project that sticks out to you as like the biggest accomplishment? It was like the hardest thing to do. And when you're in it, it, it was driving you crazy. And now looking back, you're just really proud of what you did. Um, you know, I'm really proud of the house that I have now that we did. Um, it was a massive renovation where we stripped down the entire inside down to the concrete floor and there was trenching and you know the reality of of it is that we're filming me doing these renovations for the first time a lot of, all the time because everything is new and everything I'm learning as I go so I keep coming 
into these situations that I've never experienced before. I've never had a trench for plumbing before. I've never had to um, store all of my cabinets in, you know, in a pod for a while and then take them out and rearrange them and create a new kitchen. Um, you know, I'm always constantly pushing to do new things. And so therefore the, the entire TV show is a learning process. And um, so that's why I like to invite people and the audience in to that learning experience with me to watch how I am not afraid to try things and fail and then learn how to do them better and succeed. So there, there's a lot of like growth throughout the entire season of a show. And now where I'm going into another renovation, I've taken everything that I learned from this renovation and the one before and applying it to my new renovation. So I keep getting better and you know, more streamlined and more efficient and, you know, smarter with my choices. And if I've made a mistake once, I'm, you know, I'm going to do everything I can to avoid making that mistake again. Um, and in terms of like be, having the stomach for entrepreneurship, I was raised by entrepreneurs and I come from a long line of entrepreneur entrepreneurs. So it is a little bit in my blood. Um, when it comes to the rest of my family, they're definitely more business minded and, um, and less artistic I'm definitely in terms of the creativity and artisticness in the more eccentric side of my family um, and uh, so you know because I wanted to be an artist and growing up I I was a musician first and I wanted to be an actress and I wanted to be a musician I wanted to be a performer I feel like this was the way that I was able to create my dream job and keep pursuing my passions by taking the reins myself and and going about making it happen 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 on my own and not relying for other people to d discover me and you know to make me make me famous or or give me a part in a show I you know I created a show that fit me and and my lifestyle and what I wanted to achieve. Yeah, for sure. And, and it works really well. And one of the things that uh, that I want to point out too is just the overall design of your actual spaces, like the colors and the composition. And it's obvious to me that that you have a background as an artist and as somebody who can who can uh, make something out of nothing because it's all just very well put together, just the way all the colors work. So is is that something that um, that you think Anybody, like if, if somebody's watching your show and they say, wow, Rebecca just has an eye for like interior design and renovations and they say to themselves, I don't know if I could do that. Like, I don't know if when I go in my house, I can look around and just figure out how to make it look like that. Is there a way for people to figure out how to make their space look uh, kind of like what you're doing? Uh, you know, I think part of it is a natural ability and a skill to put things together. Um, I can I'm really good at seeing like a vision inside a box so if you give me limitations I can be very creative within that box and then I've also found people to partner with me that can execute my visions really well so for instance Julie came and helped me um in season four and she's a woodworker and an industrial designer by trade so she knows exactly if I say I want to make this glass wall you know, and, um, between the office and the kitchen. And this is the design I want to do, and I draw it on paper. She can figure out exactly how the wood needs to be built, what size the glass has to be, how, you know, what we need to do to join the ceiling, join it to the ceiling and put it into the floor. And all the, the, the things that I may not have that background in structural design, engineering, all that stuff. So finding people that you can partner with that can, um, you know, uh, support you in places where you may not be as um, educated or capable in. That has been a big key to unlocking bigger, better projects for me and, um, you know, being more of a visionary and having people around me that can help execute those things. And so that's something that's come over time as I've built my team and I've like um, put more money into my renovations. But when you're starting small and like, say you want to do a kitchen island backsplash back panel, um, which is a fairly easy, uh, creative thing to do. And the options are unlimited. I really would recommend that you, um, think about things that you are personally drawn to colors that you specifically love, go on Pinterest, make a mood board, um, sketch things out on paper or, you know, have somebody to bounce ideas off of and um 
I think in general, if you're if you're doing one project at a time, you sh it it does like there is a way to kind of to to hone in your abilities and put a little bit of sprinkle a little bit of creativity or look at what other people have done and use that as inspiration to help kind of um, get your feet wet in terms of trying to do your own DIYs and to be creative in that sort of design design um, world. Yeah, yeah, but, for sure. Yeah, understanding color, space, balancing of textures is something that you can develop over time. And I often tell people that interior design is like um, is like cooking a good plate of food. You, if you, everything is if everything is soft and mushy and one texture, it's not going to taste very good. But when you add a little bit of salt, a little bit of sweet, a little bit of crunch, and a little bit of soft, now you've got a plate that's really interesting. So even when it comes to designing and decorating your own home, don't just go with shopping at one store. Don't just go with all you know industrial textures or um, or all farmhouse or whatever it is. Like you don't have to. You don't. It, it will be better and it will look more homey and it will be more original to you and um, be show a little bit more of your own artistic perspective if you bring in a little bit from each one of those those elements. Like a little bit of the soft, a little bit of the hard edge, a little bit of color, a little bit of neutral. Um, and in general, that's kind of a winning combination. That's cool. I, I hadn't thought of that. Actually, just not not just shopping at one store, getting things from multiple places. That does make a difference. I, I hadn't really uh, thought of that. Uh, so actually, there's one thing you mentioned that I'd like to ask about quickly, and that's um, building your team. You mentioned uh, finding people that are, you know, kind of specialized in things that you don't really specialize in and that can help with, say, the glass wall. And by the way, the glass wall is beautiful if people want to check out um, DIY Mom season four. That that's where that's where the uh, the glass wall is. That that's a really cool idea to also just make the space feel bigger. Um, mm. I, I find uh, I think people should definitely check that out. Um, but so for for the managing of people, like um, how have you how have you, like what have you learned? I guess over time in building a team because you have you have a camera operator, um, you have people that you collaborate with on the actual renovations. So you're juggling managing people with the renovations simultaneously with the production. And also not to mention you do have a, you know, a personal life and a family life as well. So you have to manage that as well, along with the renovations and the production. So like, what have you learned about just managing different types of people all at the same time? Cause that, that can get pretty overwhelming. Yeah. Um, you know, managing different personalities and, you know, bringing people into your team and, and building support is definitely an art form. Um, I've, I love um, doing a lot of deep dives into psychology and, and other ways of, of working with people. So, you know, I've been building my mindset um, in leadership for a long time. But one of the things that I found really helpful over the last couple years was I started to do a deeper dive into the Enneagram personalities, which is they're, they're numbered from one to nine and, and every person has a motivation and, you know, something that they're specifically good at and the way that they react during stress and the way that they react in good times and understanding the various types of Enneagrams. And then when I hire somebody recognizing their personality and where they might fall in that has helped me to become a better leader and a, um, a better boss in many ways because if um, if somebody for instance is inclined to wanting to help all the time to be a helper and to f find the ways to be as, an assistant to me or help me um, then uh, they also generally want a bit of a connection with you they want to feel appreciated and they want to feel like there is a bond there um, there's some people that are uh, perfectionist types where they have a really hard time moving on from one thing to the next if it's not done perfectly so like guiding those people into tasks that can be they can be very effective in like a spreadsheet or um, uh, you know something that has a beginning and an end that that, that like doesn't require um, that like because some people can get like really in their head about things and have a hard time completing a task unless it's perfect so I've used the Enneagram a lot to um, kind of understand personalities and see 
like even I had a contractor that was working for me who was the number nine in the Enneagram, which is, which is the peacemaker. So he really doesn't want conflict. So he's always going to say yes to anything I want to want to do. And, you know, he's going to try to keep me happy by maybe giving me um, underestimating how long something might take or underestimating how much something might co- uh, cost. But then when things get stressed out and he's unable to like keep up with his promises, he kind of fell, falls into a six where he's like questioning everything, second guessing everything. And so just trying to keep him from falling into that kind of pattern and keep him very positive, you know, he needed a lot of encouragement. He needed a lot of, um, you know, of me sort of reflecting back to him how good he's doing on things and how how helpful he's been. So, uh, you you know, because when you're when you're a goal minded business person, sometimes we are so focused on just climbing up the ladder that we don't see who we're climbing over or how we're hurting the people that end up kind of falling down the ladder and um that can come and bite you in the ass later on in life so (laughs) so taking care of all those people that are helping you to rise up and to do better things and to do more interesting things is really going to help you in the long run and understanding all those people that i've come to work with and 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 where their skills were um i like i really feel like um when you find out the thing that somebody is the best at and give them that job to do, it takes that off of my plate because sure. I'm, I'm definitely not the best person at doing a spreadsheet. But if somebody comes in and say, says they love a spreadsheet, I'm going to give them that job. If somebody is a color expert and they're amazing at picking colors, I'm going to try to give them you know that job. Um, so finding what people are really good at and getting them to do that will, I think it'll it'll give you a bigger growth trajectory and it'll ease a lot of the burden on you as a employer and a boss. Um, and it'll create happier, uh, work, a, a happier work environment. Yeah, for sure. And by the, you're touching on something that I think about a lot, which is personality types and behavior and things like that. And I think it's so, it's so fascinating that we, as human beings, we can sort of analyze our own behavior and, put things in place to to uh, make ourselves more productive. Like even just the concept of, I heard somebody um, give a talk a few months ago and they said that they put their running shoes by the door because they're more likely to put them on and go for like a power walk or a jog. And it's, it's just stuff like that that's so interesting about being a human being that knowing that if we put things in certain places around the house, we're more likely or less likely to do them and we get to like examine ourselves too. So, so is there anything like, by the way, do you know what... Um, is it Enneagram type? Yeah. Do you know which one you are? And is there yeah. anything you do like that to to kind of help yourself along the way and over the course of your day and things like that? Yeah. You know, the Enneagram is really interesting because it, show, it tells you where your weaknesses are and yeah. where your strengths are. So I did the test a number of times and I kept coming up as a three because I was taking the test like as I am now and not necessarily how I was as a child or, you know, as I developed. And so I realized over time and as I, um, more, you know, more people that have done the Enneagram talked to me about it and I kind of redid the test, um, answering the questions as I would have as a child that I'm actually a four. So a four is, um, an individualist and, um, they, tend to feel like they're misunderstood. They'll never really be understood. And they're a little bit of like on the outs of the rest of society. Um, they're very specific creative type. And so they're, they do come up with original, unique ideas and tend to be a bit of a trendsetter and not so much a follower. Uh, and that's me. Like I've never really cared about what other people thought. And so that's why the the three never, when I kept coming up as a three, it wasn't really working for me. But I realized that over time, I've my three wing, my four with the three wing has become even stronger because I've had to make become more of a decision maker and I've had to lead things. And I'm on camera, so I am uh, performing. And the three is the performer. So when you're a four with the three wing, you tend to be able to be a little bit more motivated and goals with your create uh, goal driven with your creativity and when you're a four with a five sometimes you second guess yourself and it's a little bit harder to like 
to push yourself to achieve and to to do things. So, um, yeah. Do you know what you are? Have you done the Enneagram? No, I, I actually I don't think I had heard of that test. I know about Myers Briggs, which mm-hmm. which I've done. I've done that, um, but I actually don't think I know the Enneagram. I, I wouldn't be surprised if we're the same, because a lot of things you're describing right now when you're just talking about how you know sitting at a desk at a job and like um, you didn't really enjoy that and uh, things like that, like it all kind of strikes me as being similar to me. So I, I don't know, but is that is that a test that can be done online or do you have to do it with somebody? Yeah, you can do it online. There's a, a lot of free um, tests and then there's some that you pay for that give you a little bit more in-depth ex- explanation. But a lot of people say that you can read the description of every number and whichever okay. one you feel is the most like you, like okay. hits you the hardest, that's probably what you are. But you can also also do the test. Like some people have a really hard time figuring out what number they are, especially if they're a nine, which is like a peacekeeper. It's like hard to figure <laughs> out which one you are. Um, and uh, yeah, so the other key thing about the four, which is why my sister always like rolls her eyes and says, oh, you're such a four to me, is <laughs> I'm very sensitive. So uh, okay. I'll if I hear the news, um, if I hear something on the news that's upsetting, I'll cry. You know, if a friend of mine is upset and they're crying, like I generally cry with them. So, you know, we are very sensitive, um, emotional type. And that's, you know, be, been interesting over the years of like all the times that I've had my heart broken or had like things, um, you know, criticism and things can be difficult. So I've obviously developed a thicker skin over the years. Um, and but uh, in general, I, you know, I tend to be a pretty sensitive person. So fours are are very sensitive, and fours are one of the rarer enneagrams. Like in your, they say in your lifetime, you may only know a couple of fours. Okay. Um, but uh, yeah, the I think the most common enneagram is a six, which is the loyalist, and yeah, so you could look it up and see which one you are. That'd be interesting. Well, whichever whichever one's the most common, I'm definitely not that one. So <laughs> I can, I can, I can guarantee that I can guarantee that. So, um, so I might swerve a, a little bit, but, um, it, it's somewhat on topic to what we just talked about. So when you talk about how to have success on your own, so, so you've built things on your own. We talked a little about personality types and, um, sometimes there's things that you probably just don't want to do. Like I'm sure, I'm sure are there days where, you wake up and you're like, I have to be on camera today. I just really don't want to be on camera today. And you're just kind of like, well, this is what I have to do. And, and do you think that like, it's a good lesson for people out there. Sometimes you just have to do things you don't feel like doing. And is that something that you've, you sort of have to like get yourself pumped up to be on camera? Cause there are probably some days you don't, you don't feel like it. Yeah. I mean, I, I think most of the time when I'm working really hard on a renovation and I got like in the thick of it and, you know, my camera guy's like, okay, you need to do that again. I'm like fully irritated. I don't want to do it. Or if it's like really hot and I'm sweating and I'm like, oh, I just want this to be over. I, you know, there's lots of times that I don't feel like being on camera. And so sometimes I just channel that energy of being irritated into kind of making the moment funnier um, or, you know, being even more if I am a little bit curt or a little bit annoyed when they're filming me, I mean, it kind of makes it more interesting for the audience. So even though I know I don't want to do it, <laughs> I'm like, ah, when it comes to the show and getting getting something that will, you know, wrap things up or or help push the plot of the episode forward, then I understand that there there is an element of you have to do it. And when things happen, you know, you've got to try to capture those moments. And, and that's why I love the camera guy to be there and filming everything because uh, you just never know what's going to happen. And if, and, and it seems like whenever something exciting does happen, he's gone for a glass of water or walked away. For a <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. And one thing I should say too, is uh, like, given that it's, it's a small team, the production quality is really high. Like, so, so you guys are doing a great job with that. And, you know, I'm somebody who's thought a lot about like picture quality and things like that. So like, uh, yeah, no, I just wanted to like give you a shout out for that. It's it's well, it's I have just, to give yeah. um, props to Martin because he's been working from me with me. He's been working with me since day one. Okay. Um, when I did the web series, which was just my way of trying to entice brands to come on board with uh, with these YouTube episodes, and so you know we've really grown together and we've grown the production style 
together and the filming and what we film and angles and and adding drones and adding time lapses and second cameras and steady cams and all the things like he's he's built his inventory of stuff so he has a very impressive um, amount of gear and you know he understands what works and doesn't work when it comes to shooting me because he's shot me for the last seven years so um it's you know that consistency of having somebody that's worked with me for for you know, my entire career as DIY mom has really helped. And, and we've learned and developed and, and improved the quality of the show, at, uh, you know, together as we've gone through things. So Absolutely. It, look, it looks really great. So shout out to Maltaine for uh, capturing that. Yeah. And uh, so let's pivot to the actual show. So you're, you're you, so the seasons. So, um, is, so what's going on with the seasons right now? You have season four up on Bell uh, 5 TV. And then what's the plan with season five? Yeah, so season four is available now. You can watch all 10 episodes. Um, it's definitely a really fun season to watch because we did the whole interior of the house from start to finish in those 10 episodes. Um, and, you know, there's a lot of frustrating moments and, and agonizing things in terms of renovating that happen throughout the season. So uh, it's a great way for people to learn about the renovation process as well as enjoy you know the watching the experience with me um season five is the exterior of the house so we did um a lot of deck renovating reusing the cedar wood um creating privacy fences and chicken coops and gardens and then i um bought an old bowler and remodeled it so that's all in season five i do this fun pink camper um so it's season five will be seven episodes that are, are um, geared towards outdoor outdoor projects. What was that? What was it said that you bought an old? A bowler, a bowler camper trailer. Oh, um, wow. It's a fiberglass uh, trailer that you pull with your car, and um, they were made between. I think it was like the sixties like for about a decade in the 60s to 70s um, in Winnipeg and they only made about 10,000 of them and they've sort of um, whenever you see that like classic um, like image of a of a camper that's just like it, the it's like shaped like an egg with just like one tire on it and the little pulley that's with the door that's kind of arched and rounded that is the um, like the bowler is sort of like the classic um, icon of a little camper. Very similar to an Airstream, except for it doesn't have um, a toilet in it. And uh, they tend to, mine's about 13 feet long, and they're made of fiberglass. So um, I think that the company that made bowlers also made um, sewage or septic tanks or something like that. Okay. So it's kind of ironic that they don't have a toilet inside them. <laughs> <laughs> so so season five so where are you on the the production of season five we um have finished filming all the projects and we've edited uh four episodes have been edited so we've got three more to go and we filmed about half of the voiceover for for the first um first three episodes so we're getting closer to that uh, finish line and they'll be delivered to Bell and they'll probably be available to stream in March. In March, okay. And is there going to be a, a trailer on social media and uh, YouTube coming up? Yeah, I think, um, well, as you know, with the editing process, it's, yeah. it's a lot. There's a lot of footage and there's a lot to go through. So sometimes it takes longer than what we anticipate it will take. And so I have one editor that's working on those episodes right now. So once he finishes that and he's gone through all the footage he will make a trailer and the intro the new intro to the show and all the teasers that we need for social media so that stuff will be coming out you know in the next in the next few months for sure okay cool so um so that sounds awesome to actually have the trailer it's i'm not talking about the the trailer for the show like the the pink trailer (laughs) in uh uh, season five That, that sounds like a lot of fun and it sort of brings a little bit of a different uh aspect to the show so with these projects and these seasons, like, are you, are you mainly buying houses to live in or are you kind of like buy, you buy the house, renovate it, live in it, and then sell it and move on to the next house? Is that kind of the big picture idea? Yeah, that's the way I've been able to do it and afford to do it because, you know, the banks, the bank 
doesn't really want me to own more than one house. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I keep selling my house so I can keep doing renovations and projects. Yeah. But I have been doing more work for cli clients and taking on more design consultations, renovation consultations for other people. So that keeps my business going as well in between the renovations. And, um, and then the fun thing about being on social media and sharing everything on social media is that the people who follow me um, there are able to see the projects as as I'm going like the bowler I shared a lot of that on social media on Instagram so people could see the process of of um, updating it and restoring it and um, the finished product right on my Instagram in live time as I'm doing it and then we shoot the TV show and we put it all together and that goes out as a you know a single episode in term from start to finish of how how we do the bowler so um so if you do follow me on social social media on instagram you get the sneak peek so a lot of the promotion for the show happens over time just by me you know being live and and on social media in real time right so and by the way your instagram is is awesome so people should check that out and that's at diymom.ca Yes. And you've got, a, you've got a big following, like 40,000 followers? Yeah, we're pretty close to 50,000 50, followers. 50,000? Nice. Yeah. Nice, yeah. So uh, I just had a couple more things quickly. So um, one thing uh, that you mentioned was that you're doing, you're doing some stuff outside of the show and you're offering other services. So what other services are those, just so people know? Yeah. Well, you know, I do have a production company that we do offer video ser production services for people and we'll make commercial social media content for them. And, okay. and then I also develop social media content, create social media content and post social media content for I work for over 50 brands that sponsor me on a regular wow. basis to create content for them. Um, and then I also offer design consultations and renovation consultations. So if people don't know where to start with their renovation or with their designs, um, you, I go in, I look at the space, I draw them up a floor plan, I provide them with a mood board, and I give them a list of like where to start and what to do in order to start, you know, and who to call and which, where to get quotes and kind of advise them all through their renovation and along the way I help them to you know, get it done. Nice. We got, we got an extra guest. <laughs> you want to say hi? Lennon, say hi. Hi. This is hi. my daughter, Lennon. Hello. She's being very good on the couch over there, and she's asking me if she can download something on her phone. <laughs> <laughs> Not right now, honey. You just play with the games that you have. No, go play with the games you have. She's officially the second guest on the podcast. Yes, she's a she's a prime negotiator, so sure. she knows that right now I'm probably likely to say yes. So she's going to keep pushing until <laughs> she gets her way. <laughs> that's cool. So so that that's a really unique thing that people can watch you on TV on Bell Five TV and then actually hire you to come to their house and like help help them uh, figure out how to renovate their house. Yeah, exactly. So especially, um, you know, locally, I go to people's houses. If it's somebody that's not here in Halifax, then we can do um, Zoom meetings and, you know, e-design options as well. So um, it's fun. Like, it's really great to be able to expand um, my creativity and help other people um, with their spaces. And a lot of people that come to me, I think are looking for something that's not necessarily going to be run of the mill or cookie cutter. They want that custom look, or they want to add a little color into their home and they just don't know where to start. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's been great for me and it keeps me creative all year round. Like not just when we're filming. That's really cool. So I, I had kind of a, a funny question and, uh, I don't know if you thought about this, but um, given that you are doing a home renovation show, do you have an absolute dream guest that you'd like to have on, whether it's like Homes on Homes, uh, the Property Brothers, um, one of the like H famous HGTV people, like if there was one like TV home renovation personality or any, anybody, like what, mm. who would be your dream guest to have on your show to like help you knock stuff down and help you renovate something? Well, I was kind of thinking the other day, like, who would I want to, you know, I think it would be really fun to work with Tiffany Pratt because she loves color and she's like very eccentric and stuff as well. So I think that would be a really fun one. Um, working with the Scott brothers would also be really cool to have them and even just to 
to have some of them come and see what I've done and, and the final product of my house, that would be really exciting too. Is there somebody that is like outside of the home renovation space? It could just be anybody that you'd like to meet that you'd want to, even if it would just be kind of funny to hand them a sledgehammer and watch them try to knock something down. Like who, who would that be? Oh, Lennon wants to choose somebody. Who do you choose, Lennon? Like someone famous? Yeah. Like on YouTube? Yeah. Or on TV or a movie. You know who my favorite celebrity is, is David Chang. <laughs> okay. <laughs> is that the food guy? Yeah, I'd pick a chef because then they could cook Ariana me Grande. some food. Lennon would pick Ariana Grande. I don't know how helpful she would be with a sledgehammer. <laughs> with a hard hat? Wearing a hard hat? Yeah. Yeah, David Chang would definitely bring the best uh, lunch, the best lunch options. Yeah, he'd be fun. And he's, he's funny, too. Ariana Grande. And it seems like he's pretty down to earth. So. David Chang, if you're listening, <laughs> yeah, yeah. help me knock down some walls. And Let's then get we'll on this. Going. Let's get on this. All right, so, so uh, um, I was just wanted to ask about one more thing before we go, and that was your DIY uh, box project. What, mm-hmm. what is that project, and uh, just so people know about it. Yeah, so I decided last spring, we had a lot of leftover cherry wood from my kitchen renovation, and um, I have been wanting to uh, help um, women who who are fleeing abuse to get some support in, and financially support women. You know, during COVID, um, the rates of domestic violence and intimate partner abuse really skyrocketed. So that's something that I'm passionate about helping uh, other women. And I found myself in in places in my life that if it wasn't for my financial situation and the support network around me that I might have had to go to a shelter. So um, I have a lot of empathy for women that find themselves in that place. And um, I just wanted to figure out a creative way to raise money and to use my entrepreneur skills to develop something that could be copied in other places um, or could be repeated, you know, yearly as a fundraiser. So um, I worked with Julie to develop and design a miniature mid-century modern greenhouse that's built with all the leftover materials from or cherry wood from my kitchen and then plexiglass and it comes with all the supplies you need to build it yourself at home so you get the kit you get your instructions and you get a few nice things to go with your greenhouse some gardening gloves some dirt pucks and plant starters and seeds and there's a bunch of little items in the box that are you know sweet on their own but also um, go together with the whole theme of the box which was you grow girl and um, those boxes shipped out to people last spring. Um, we have some more that we'll be releasing for this coming spring. And from that fundraiser, I was able to donate $5,000 to add some for women and children. Uh, so I hope that I can grow that and continue to donate money to um, women's charity charities. And long term, my vision would be to eventually use all the skills that I've developed and from the renovations, from the TV show, from from um, building and, you know, by building my own personal equity to one day create a new model for affordable houses for single mothers. And so that is sort of the long-term goal goal for me over the next 10 years is to develop that vision that I have and to get a really good advisory team of, of people who know what women need and what children need to give them the best opportunities in the future and to um, build, um, build that vision that I have for a new model for affordable housing for women and children. That's, that's, a, that's a really great idea, and it's, it's really cool to me that given that you have all these responsibilities with the TV show, your own renovations, all of your other businesses, that you're actually taking the time to do that. So uh, I think that's a really positive thing. And people can learn about that at uh, DIYmom.ca. Yes. Uh, so if you go to DIYmom.ca, there's a tab on the side that says DIY box. Okay. And you can click on that and you can see what's in the box and you can order one. And um, yeah, and there's lots of other information on the website. So it'll, you can be redirected to my YouTube page but there's, where there's a lot of videos on. I've also shared season one and season two on my YouTube page. I think season three is on there too. So the only, episode, the only seasons that are not available um, on YouTube yet are season four and five. 
Um, but uh, there's a lot of content on my YouTube page. There's a lot of stuff on my Instagram. And there's a lot of information on the website. So for anybody that's curious and wants to know more, um, hopefully that's, that's one place they can go to find it. Awesome. So, yeah, just to wrap things up, like, I think it's important for people to... I think it's, it was just really interesting to hear you talk about all this because if you're going to have your own TV show, if you're going to have your own business, that stuff just doesn't, doesn't just happen out of the blue. Like you have to actually get your hands dirty and you do that physically and, you know, as well uh, with renovations. You have to actually do things you don't necessarily want to always do. You have to be comfortable getting uncomfortable. So uh, I just wanted to acknowledge that you've done all that and you've, you know, earned the, the, the right to host now five seasons of television and hopefully uh, more seasons going to the future. So uh, thanks for coming on the show. And uh, is there anything else you want to say to the audience? Just best way to follow uh, your work. Would that be on Instagram as well as uh, checking out the TV show? Yeah, definitely. If you go to my Instagram, you, you know, it's a place to kind of get connected and then to put all the other pieces together. It's really easy to watch season four of DIY Mom. If you have Bell TV on demand, if you have cable, you just search DIY Mom and season uh, four will come up. I think there's some previous seasons up there too. There's a couple of special edition summer projects I did and there's a Christmas special. I'm not sure if the Christmas special is still up, but um, yeah, you can find me easily that way. And um, I hope people are encouraged to to try something new and to do it themselves and to not be discouraged you know if if you have a vision and a passion for something you're probably the best person to do that so I encourage people to use their gifts and to um, take those chances and I think that we see a lot of people now with COVID and restrictions and that they're taking a look at these desk jobs and this, this work that they've done for many years and leaving those jobs to do things that they're passionate about. I really believe that if everybody did what they're passionate and gifted at in this world, that it would be a better place and it'd be, we'd be getting a lot more things done and, and um, being able to do a lot more things for positive things for the world and create more social, social justice and opportunities for people that haven't had the opportunities before. So, for sure. Yeah. I agree. I agree 100%. I think that's a good place to uh, stop right there. So thank you so much for your time. And uh, yeah, thanks for being my first victim of the, of the, the, the podcast. And uh, we are out. Okay, thanks. All right, that's it for the podcast today. Thanks again to Rebecca for coming on the podcast. You can check out her work at DIYmom.ca or go to her Instagram at DIYmom.ca. I think that was a great conversation. And uh, I look forward to seeing all of you on the next episode. All right, bye for now.